within foundational hermeneutics, we have to understand that everybody has presuppositions. A presupposition is just an idea or a thought you hold on to that you've always carried or you've adopted for a long time. But the problem happens when we come to certain books of the Bible, like James, for instance, our presupposition dictates how we understand the scripture. And so what we end up doing is doing what's called eisegesis. Eisegesis simply means to insert into the text, whereas exegesis means you're taking out of the text. And so to make it simple is exegesis is good, eisegesis is bad. And so I have a note, and I have free copies to all this from Investigating Lordship Salvation, why I have an excerpt like this. It says, I have heard it said that eisegesis requires mental maneuvering and theological gymnastics, and with this I unequivocally agree. Though I would say there are few Christians who abuse God's word for personal gain, many do misunderstand God's word due to presuppositions they carry and an unwillingness to challenge one's own belief. Case in point, when we get to James chapter 2 here in a couple weeks, we'll get to that, the verse where it says, faith without works is dead. And there are so many people within the reform persuasion that will argue right there, James chapter 2 verse 14 says, what is a prophet if a man say he has faith but he doesn't have works? Can faith save him? Say, so see, you need to have works in order to be a genuine Christian. But what we'll see through studying this book is that's not at all what James is talking about from a spiritual sense. But there are some of the Reformed persuasion that have this presupposition theology-wise saying you have to persevere, you have to do this. Otherwise, you're not genuine. And therefore, they're inserting that thought into James chapter 2. So the reason why I wanted to do James chapter 2 is because this is a very clear case of not coming to Scripture contextually and performing eisegesis instead of exegesis. It's very difficult for these people whenever, even myself included, when we have these presuppositions and we have this thought we've carried for years, and now someone's changing our, trying to change our view on something. Consider this. How many people have seen or their kids have seen the movie Land Before Time? Cartoon. Pretty, pretty cute movie, right? Exactly. Which one? Like the 28 of them. <laughs> they are cute, you know? But I use that as an example because consider this. Our children grow up watching Land Before Time, right? Cute animals, dinosaurs, whatever, you know, 70 million years ago, blah, 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 blah. They watch the movie growing up. They go to public school. They eventually get taught evolution, right? So they have 12 years of public education. They grew up watching Land Before Time and cartoons like that. Then maybe they go to college. They go to a secular university, and now they're enforcing evolution more and more and more. So say they have 12, 13, 14 years of public education, teaching and promoting evolution. 4.6 billion years ago, the Earth was formed. 13 billion years ago, the universe came into existence from a point of singularity. Then a crazy Yahoo like me comes up and says, no, the Earth is 6,000 years old. The Earth is actually young. We can see this according to Scripture. In evolution is a farce. No, God had specifically created mankind and animals and everything else. This person had went through 14, 16 years of public education by people they believe, you know, were very educated and would never lie to them. So they have the presupposition that evolution is true. The earth is four billion years old and all these other things. We share a common ancestor with apes. They don't teach that we come from apes. They, sh they teach that we share a common ancestor. There's a big difference. But how hard would it be for that person in 14 years of public education to leave their thoughts and views of evolution 
to cling on to creationism. Probably very difficult, you know. And so what we have to realize when we come to Scripture is we have to lay our presuppositions aside and let Scripture speak for itself. And by doing interpretation or hermeneutics, using the foundations of it to try to understand what did it mean then and how does it apply to us today, we can prevent ourselves from holding on to our presuppositions and adding that into the text as opposed to letting the text speak for itself. 